see most of the human race killed off because it is unworthy. It is unworthy of the gift of life. I don't care what society thinks. They're nothing anyway. They're no better than me. Until we have a safe word, we will not stop. Hey, this is Jason Rouse, and welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. On the show today, after a long, long hiatus from doing any of this shit, uh, my guest today, Jimmy Schubert, is on the show. Uh, You've been at the top of my list of people to talk to because I feel that you've been embedded in the uh, comedy scene in America in general for many, many years. And when I came to L.A., I was like, oh, this is not a... This is a... uh, an East Coast East Coast guy. Yeah, definitely East Coast guy. You're definitely yeah. East Coast yeah. guy. And, I, and I've been out. I've been out, I think I came out of here when I was like 18 or 19. Like back when I started comedy. Back when I started comedy, there wasn't. Uh, we didn't have set up some punchlines like these kids have today. We had, <laughs> jump, we had to jump in the audience and tickle people. That's how. That's how you made your living back when I started. <laughs> Shadow puppets on a oh, concrete yeah. wall. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I came out as a kid. Like I was working at the comedy store. Well, for, first of all, yeah. you're, you're in Philly. Yeah, yeah, in Philly. I, I born, did. raised, born, raised in Philly. I, uh, you know, never I, until you got into show business. This was like I'm gonna go work in these factories. These are my no. Friends. You know what the this thing is? is I had this. a couple jobs. I used to bartend and uh, worked at a health club selling memberships. But what I did was like well, well, that well, memberships at a health club. Yeah, like but, but I was like when the like, '80s were crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it was like that movie with John Travolta with you know the health club. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but. Uh, I, I did, I started, like, I, when I was nine, I got, like, a magic kit. And, you know, and you, you're good friends with Amazing Jonathan. Stuff, sure. But, like, most people, you know, you, like Steve Martin says, it's the poor man's way into show business. Yeah. You know, you get a you get a fucking a, a magic kit. And, you, and I had a big family. I had five brothers. So I had, like, a building audience. And I and then our extended families are big aunts and uncles and stuff. So people mm-hmm. would come over, and I would do, like, a magic show, you know? And so uh, I started doing it. Do you have it, any I, photos of, like, you as a kid? I think I got not as a kid. Like, those not, TV tables? No, TV dinner tables, yeah, something like that. But, but I don't. I have. I think I have like one or two pictures of me doing uh, magic as a kid. I'm sure there's a couple more out there somewhere, but uh, I don't. I don't have them. And so I, I was doing like when I was like 14, 15, 16. I was doing like shows. Like I probably had probably like five to six shows a month. I was doing like the children's hospital. I would go down to the. Where'd like, you get the idea for this? What was just something I wanted to you do? Said you saw stuff on TV, or was there? No, somebody, you know what, uh, man. I, I just love Charlie Chaplin, and I, and I, and I, I knew. Like, you know what? My, I think my b- big jump is the, the the thing that initially fucked up my life was that I decided I wanted to be in show business when I was nine, and so I started doing the magic, and then I went, and when I, as soon as I hit eighteen, though, I kind of like you know. Uh, retired the rabbit and hung up the wand and kind of started doing straight stand up. Were you eighties? 
Yeah, eighties. Like, yeah, yeah. This was like well, I, the comedy I, thing was you couldn't really ignore it at that time. It was on. A, it was well, just yeah. Kinda... It was even before that, but it was really starting when I got to LA. It was ground zero for the comedy explosion. Yeah. I mean, you could go to the comedy. You would think the comedy store is hot now, but I'm you know Arsenio Hall, uh, oh. Jeff Cesario, Gary Shandling, Louis Anderson, uh, Sam all Kinison, the pictures Andrew that Tim. are on the walls. Yeah. Or, or that that era, yeah, and I was like, you know, this doorman. Jim J. Bullock, yeah, all the, all <laughs> those guys, uh, you know. But and there was even a few guys like you know um, Tim Reed and and Tom Dries and like oh, you see all these guys. A lot of guys worked there. I was a doorman there, so that was like my college. I would got out here when I was like, I think eight nineteen. I remember I turned twenty one at the comedy store, so I was out here for like a year. Wow, what a place to have a twenty first birthday. Yeah, and I was already kind of like entrenched, and then I was hanging out with like you know Kinnison and those guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We we're talking about like you know talking you about. You said that like like a, like it was a war. I was hanging out with Kinnison and those guys. And yeah, it well, was a little hectic, right? Well, it was a little crazy. I mean, we were talking about it a little bit. Was there a gunshot off in the parking lot? Yeah, there was. There was it was it was, was a it was a crazy time. Is you that know? because of dice or something? No, no. Sam <laughs> Sam's little brother committed suicide, uh. and it really fucked with him. I think he had a tremendous amount of guilt about that because uh, he made a promise to his father on his deathbed that he would look after his little brother and yeah. Kevin had an incident I think he had he was bipolar yeah and so he he had problems anyway and so you meet Kevin and Kevin was a really great kid Sam I hung out with Kevin a little bit but then he would have these like manic episodes and you'd have to like you know keep an eye on him and uh so this is the youngest of three brothers yeah no the young, old, youngest of four brothers youngest of four and brothers. I and I have and I have six six brothers myself so I, I knew like you know what I mean so really fuck with him I mean nobody Catholic yeah also, yeah. yeah me absolutely but so that real that's when all that crazy shit went down with Sam. I mean, he was just hurting tremendously. And then he kind of just tried to douse his feelings with sure. booze and coke. And the problem is after you do that, you still have to contend with all those feelings. Yeah. Even though you think you can run from it, you can't. Yeah. And so if you don't deal with it, then they they'll the, the, you know, you obviously he was acting out and, and stuff. And yeah. look, it was, look, it was a fucking blast. I'm not gonna lie to you. We How were, do people maintain with that kind of like substance abuse of dude? I would send it to Crest. Like guys to, were rocking, like dude, I would, I would sit at Crest Hill. Uh, it was his house behind a comedy store that Mark Marin lived in. Yeah. You know, we, and Sam would come up there. And, like, dude, I mean, it was, like, it was fucking insane. Like, three bottles of fucking, three empty bottles of Jack Daniels on the table, mostly being consumed by Sam. Yeah. And, and some, and some uh, you know, some other folks, but mostly Sam. And just uh, copious amounts of, uh, yeah. you know, blow and, and stuff. So it was, like... An interesting time period for me, you know, as a, as a like the young kid coming up, it was a little bit of a, you know, we didn't have social media back then, but we did have blow and fucking. And there was <laughs> rumors of, instead of Instagram. Yeah, there were rumors, right? Exactly, instead of Instagram. So it was a, it was a strange time, but that's how I came up. But you know, really. Uh, for me, I just always loved doing stand-up. I mean, I, I really kind of committed to it early, and it was something that I that I really loved doing, and and I was getting my education there. And, yeah, uh, and a lot of it was about what not to do. You know what I mean? You know, so so that's uh, it. That's and often today, I'm confronted with crucial show business decisions, and I go, "What was Sam Kinison in this situation?" <laughs> and then Bang! I, and then I go, and then I reverse, and I do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's know? literally almost in. More cases than not, it's literally your instinctual Sam Kinison thing 
if you do the complete opposite, you'll get the result that you want. Well, you know, the funny thing is you see people like, you know, and I, and I guess uh, Belushi and, and, and Chris Farley and some of these guys, you know, as talented and amazing as they were, you know, probably just were not prepared for success when it happened. And when success happens to people, you can't have that same mindset. You have to prepare yourself because nobody, you're not going to, like, you're only going to fuck up your career if you do that. Nobody, I mean, nowadays, you, you, you couldn't behave like that today because it's just Mickey so much. Roy- or could still get away with it, right? Yeah, but there's so much stuff to do. To, like, it's a full-time job now. Yeah. Back then, you could sleep till two, get up, burp, fart, go back to bed for another couple hours, and then, you know, as long as you were, you know, up by the evening and go do stand-up. I mean, it, it was just a different time period. And and not only that, but everybody was doing it. A lot of people do that, you know, so. But, you know, I outgrew it. I just... You know, Sam died in 92. It's funny, this year coming up, it'll be de- he'll be dead 27 years. I mean, that's yeah. how long he's been I remember away. that around when he not showing up for the Joan Rivers show. Yeah. You know, Sam, but you know what the funny thing with Sam is? He died Sam, shortly after that, I think. Yeah, but Sam was one of those guys. Yeah, he did. But Sam was one of those guys, like, that stuff would make him even more notorious. Yes. People would go, oh, like, you know, and I remember Crestill one time, we're standing up there, and there's a party going on, and... and, and um, Billy Idol was up there. Billy Idol and Sam used to hang out, and Billy used to say, you know, I get away with it a little bit. People almost expect that behavior out of me now, you know? Yeah. And he was, like, telling me, you know, and it was like, really, it's just an image. I mean, Sam was Motley like... Motley Crue. Yeah, but Sam was like a human cartoon. I mean, you know, that that's kind of what it was like, you know, so... But it was fascinating. And I also hung out with Dice for a little bit. I mean, you know, I got to hang out with these cats and, and, and become friendly with them. And then, you know, and just... And, and learn. I mean, learn about doing stand-up. I mean, the part was amazing but also for me yeah it was always about the stand-up because i because i like because i sit there i would watch sam like blow off gigs and go jesus man i give my left nut to be doing <sighs> that's that. when i see people pissing around on stage at the store and i'm sitting there with my thumb up my ass in the patio going I'll, I'll go in yeah i'll well, go in. yeah well that's it I, I i think that's the biggest crime you could commit to me as an artist as a, as a stand-up complacency comedian. well just just wasting fucking stage time mm. i think it's fucking rude yeah i think there's i think you know it's in I, LA. It, it, well, it's different if you're working on stuff that's a completely different fucking ball game sure you're working it where you're just trying out some new material and you want to hear out sounds on stage that's completely different but people that are up there just kind of dicking off and fucking around it, 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 it just it, it's always been and it, not just at the store but anywhere it just fucking oh. aggravates me because i know there's 300 guys standing behind you that would gladly take that microphone and fucking put their heart and soul into to whatever it is they're doing you know yeah i found myself in a similar position in in canada where yeah. i was starting to take my situation for granted and kind of piss around too much and i was like oh i need to move i've kind of outgrown the fish tank here yeah but and you- now i'm just splashing around the water yeah, but that happens. I mean, you yeah. know, after Sam died, I moved to Florida for a couple of years. And just cause just I, to regroup? Or? Yeah, to regroup. Yeah. I wanted to get away from it. I wanted to get back to my roots. I wanted to start working on my stand-up. I took a job as like a house MC in Boca Raton at a place called Haggerty's. And you have to, I had to go up. Why and, this location from LA to well, Florida? Well, because I, I was just seeing a girl down there that, okay. I, that I was in love with. Like, I, I'll I, put some roots down for a year. Yeah, I was, I, I'm plus we wound up dating for seven years. You know, she was, uh, she, I, I thought I was going to marry. Seven years? Yeah. I thought, I've uh, never had a relationship more than seven Seven minutes. Checkout time was two. <laughs> Checkout time was two. It was a short No, relationship. probably three, three and a bit. Three and a bit. Well, you know, it was also, you know, we're talking well, about. Well, you're a grown man. But we're talking I about. I have a BMX bike in my living room. Right. But what we're talking about also, uh, com- comedian time, because comedian time is you travel a lot. And so 
it's like whatever time you said seven years so half the time it was actually like a real relationship you yes know? and uh you know i wound up having to do an intervention on that girl believe it or not really yeah she was bipolar and it didn't really materialize till i was well into the relationship and and so i was like <laughs> fuck you know hey if jimmy schubert's doing the intervention you got a fucking problem. oh i've had that i go look at me look at me yeah. i'm jason rouse i'm telling you you need to cool it this is the end of the line yeah you go morgue is next. Let me tell you something. If you can't make it work with me, Cupcake, you're going to be sucking <laughs> cock for drug money. Blow I, jobs with your asshole, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I had to deal with that. And, you know, at this time, it was weird because she came, she was living in, in Florida and I was going back and forth to LA. And then she moved out here. And I didn't realize because, uh, how bad it was with her until she got out here. And like, I'm going to network, I'm reading for shows. And, and high stakes. High stakes shit. It's like, you know. Life fuckery. Yeah. And, and she's fucking acting like a fucking nutbag. And, 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 and just like, I mean, two drinks in, I don't know who the fuck I'm dealing with. And I'm breaking out the crucifix and the holy yeah. water. And it's fucking burning her skin as a yeah. poor. And she, I'm just going, get your head out of your ass, you yeah. know? So, but it's, uh, it's, uh, all that stuff, uh, you know, you get material out of it, <laughs> even though it ruins your life. Yeah, you it's know? fucking, it's horrific. Yeah, I'm I, like gun shy now. I haven't dated anybody almost a year. Oh, well, just, dude, first off, it's, it's, I fucked uh, a homeless guy at a bus stop last night, but I ain't getting involved with women anymore. Ah, oh, Jesus, bro, I, I know it's mud whiskers. Well, you, mud whiskers. <laughs> let me tell you something, bro. I, I was watching a show called Happily Never After uh. or Women Who Kill. <laughs> On like uh, like fucking Hulu, and it's like these like guys get involved with these yeah. women, and they're like pathologically jealous, poison them and they, shit. They got more mood swings than the Count Basie Orchestra, <laughs> and they're fucking like they got this small town insecurity. And you're going fuck. I mean, you know, and the problem is, like, I, I would say I'm reasonably healthy. I'm sure I have my own issues. I'm not like fucking perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm I'm well adjusted. Yeah. I, I mean, but man, I, and I'm not je I'm not a jealous guy. I've never been a jealous. Like, you know, if you don't want to be with me, then don't fucking be with me. Yeah. But if you want to be with me, then fine. But I'm not gonna fucking monitor your social media. I'm it's not exhausting. It's fucking exhausting. And you know what yeah. the thing is, bro? I mean, nowadays, real. well, you know, because social media has turned everybody into a fucking narcissist it's it, crazy it, how it, many marriages do you think have been broken up just over myspace 56 percent. they said i just read this the other day 56 percent of divorce reloaded social media mentioned facebook oh fuck yeah and i like, saw look it, he it, said yeah it's it's bad enough without all that shit you throw that shit into it and you know and and so it is what it is you know, yeah, the I, whole world's in your relationship. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, it's like I look. I, you know, I, I know there's some guys out there that are smart about it. Like, I just do my business shit. I do fucking funny memes. I do my business shit. I, you know, I, and I don't. You're not getting. In, you don't get to come inside my life. I mean, that's a privilege. You get. You know, because people, I call they have this unearned familiarity with you. Like, just because you're on social media, like they, they feel like they can weigh in and, and say anything to you. Look, here's you, my soapbox. You live in your parents' basement. You're what you're playing PlayStation fucking eight hours a day, eating Doritos and beating off to your dick's orange, drinking energy drinks, and you're gonna weigh in on my life, motherfucker? Yeah. You're gonna weigh in on uh, and criticize me? Good luck. Yeah. So I so I have Did you this get death love, threats? 
No, I, no. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I get death threats. <laughs> well, of course you do, because you're Jason Rouse. But I'm a nice guy. No, I love somewhere. I love you. <laughs> Dude, nobody. When, when we sit at the comedy store, nobody makes me laugh harder oh, than good. you with your fucking Mr. Mudwhiskers photos. Uh, <laughs> Got no, no kids. No, no, but but yeah, but you know the thing is, it's like exactly like you know at my age or our age, you're dating like someone's gonna have like two or three kids or four kids. I get you know I don't even have a fucking cat or a no. dog. I had a fish. But he fucking died. I don't have a house yeah. plant. I, I, I mean, I just travel too much. I don't think it's fair to an animal that you're always fucking gone. No, you, 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 or, or, or a fucking child for that matter. I have everything that you've just said. I've adopted this indirectly. I have no plants, no kids. Never been married. Um, my shit's going into storage for three months. Yeah. I do comedy. And I do comedy. Well, you know, the problem is, like, people don't realize what a daunting task that is. I mean, you know. So, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like, you know, you're trying, because you have to get to a level, and you have to eventually, like you said, you outgrew the fish tank in uh, Toronto. Was it? Canada in Canada, general. Yeah. Canada in general. So you outgrew the fish tank that was a Canada, and then you come to L.A., and you realize, like, a lot of these people, like, they, you know, they're they're kind of doing well, and, and like, say, they're in, in the comedy scene in, in Florida or Chicago, and then they come to Los Angeles. And Los Angeles, that's like going from playing uh, high school football to then playing professional professional football, and the game moves a lot faster. It's almost not even comedy anymore. Yeah, no, it's all the fucking business. it's all business. And then, and what happens is, like, it, it, I would equate it to this: if you come to Los Angeles, let's say you've been doing comedy for two years in Florida, you're gonna hey, oh. everything's good, and then you come to Los King Angeles. King of Amateur Night. Yeah, yeah. What would happen? It would be the equivalent of trying to climb Mount Everest without have ever taking a climbing in lesson. jean shorts and, yeah. and Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. how. That's where I'm at. Yeah. So, but like you know, you talk. You, you know, you told me. I mean, you come here and it's like you know, you're a guy who works professionally all the time, and then you come to LA, and then everything just stops. Sure. Because you have to get entrenched in the system, and you have to hang out, and you have to get to know people. And believe me, I mean, you know, the, some of the biggest managers in comedy used to work the door at the Improv back in the day. Oh, yeah. like, Bear, the, Barry worked at the American Comedy Club. Yeah. The yeah. Cats, Barry Katz. Uh, Barry Katz. Uh, yeah, Barry, yeah. Uh, also, uh, Dave Rath and, and, yeah. and, and Dave Becky, who works at those guys. Neil were, Brennan worked at door in New York and then went up going in to work with Chappelle and so on and so forth. Yeah, I think he was a doorman. Yeah, so but but that everybody starts there. I mean, you know, you start there, you hang out there, you start there. It's just it's kind of an initiation process because really if you don't have if you're not a member of Lucky Sperm Club, like if your aunt yeah. or your uncle or your dad or your brother's not famous, then it's you know it, it, because there's a lot of a nepotism that goes on out here. This also, is any blue collar trade. Yeah, well you, that's why you, I said seniority, that seniority. Yeah. You, well, that's why I said magic for me is like the kind of the poor man's way in the show business. You get, you know, you go to a magistrate, you get to buy a ten dollar acrobatic silk. So next thing you know, you're you're doing the Beth yeah. Benet Temple, entertaining a bunch of old people. But still, <laughs> you get your chops. Yeah, All right, you get your chops. Stage time. <laughs> Stage even time. For- Piss soaked city bus. <laughs> you're doing card tricks to a homeless guy, <laughs> beating off into a bucket of KFC. Yeah, you know. And, is but this it's your an audience. Card? An audience is an audience. And you know what? Those, 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 those <laughs> <laughs> even if they got ringworm, there's yeah. still a crowd. You know, oh, dude, that's fuck. You know, the guy's got typhus, and you're doing fucking magic with a fucking one of those coughing into a rag, <coughs> coughing, <laughs> and you got one of those uh, those masks the Asian people walk around <laughs> in all the time, just so you don't walk away with some. Uh, you know. I thought they wore those masks to keep the shit off their face because every time I watch a porno movie, it's some Asian girl will. Eat Eel and her beaver in about three inches of 
beehive on her face. Uh, what kind of what kind of uh, shit are you? you I'll know? send you my bookmarks, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> dude. You know what's hilarious? You know what's hilarious? It's also, when you watch Japanese porn, they use an anonymizer. Oh, they, they pixelate it. Yeah, they pixelate it. It's like you know, it's, it's like the vagina turns states evidence on a mafia don. Yeah, and, and so you don't, you can't identify. It's in a, it's in the witness in, protection it's program. It's in a cunt witness protection <laughs> <Yeah>. program. <laughs> this kind has taken down more men than you've ever seen in your yeah, life. Because other guys are, that's the vagina that ruined my life. Yeah. So they have to pixelate it. Throw it in a bear trap or hang it up in a butcher shop window. Anyway, what I'm really here to talk to you about is how Jesus has changed my life. And uh, you, you went to church. I went to church. Oh, dude, I got, you know, you can see my house. Look, I got a... Oh, I know. I got crosses. I know, I got stigmata. Yeah. I get blood in my urine sometimes when I see a cross. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you got. <laughs> I think it's stigmata. Oh, dude, dude, oh, you fucking make me laugh, bro. Uh, so anyway, uh, to get back to what we were talking about before we went off on these tangents. So yeah, it's um, you know, LA is a tough nut, man. It, it really is. I I had to. I think I came out here like three times before I got it fucking right. Yeah, you know, I came because I had to leave a couple times just to get your shit together and figure it out. But you know, I recalibrate yourself. No, no, never lived in New York for a stint. Well, I grew up in Philadelphia, and Philly so it was like, old hat for you. Yeah, well, it was like Philly was like a, like a smaller, manageable New York, you know. And plus, it was like I, I just didn't think it was far enough away that I could like re, like really kind of you know, like you know it was like you know it was my like what my mom said. My mom said to me like last night I was back. She goes, you know, you just left when you were eighteen, and you never came back. Yeah. I go, well, what did you think, Mom? I mean, I, like, I'm not going to fucking fail. <laughs> I mean, you equipped me with my life skills that I needed to go yeah. on. You should be proud of me that I was figured out what I wanted to do with my life and then totally. pursued it and became uh, reasonably successful. Sure. I was able to make a living doing something I love to do that allows me to travel around the fucking world. So it's it's awesome. It's crazy. We're, we're, it's crazy as in and the... the Minutia of this business that we're going through, it's a fucking great. I get, I'm coming up on 25 years in yeah. June. Yeah, I, I it was. It, I love you know, it. Yeah, I love. First of all, I love comedians uh, in general. Most of them, I would say, yes. a good portion. Like, there's a small percentage that I just, uh, but most of them, I love them because they're they're, they're some of the most intelligent, uh, aware. Uh, also, funniest people I've ever met in my life. I mean, nobody makes yeah. me laugh harder. And 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 you know, and also they get. The thing, it's it's an incredibly tough fucking thing. I mean, it's not the MMA. People go, oh, comedy stuff. I go, yeah, but I'm not fucking... It may as well be now with the sensitivities in the air that weren't present years before. Well, yeah, probably probably you have to deal with that more. I try to, you know, I try to uh, write around it a little bit. Yeah. Just try, because, because... Um, you beat them at their own game. You just... Well, because that's what I do. You know, it's yeah. all it's all in the right... And the funny thing is, is just, I, I just kind of just write around it a little bit because... Uh, you know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. You're not gonna. You see what they've done to Louis C.K. What they've done to Roseanne. I mean, Roseanne was doing a fucking joke. It was a fucking joke. It's like so and so and so and so had a kid. That's a joke formula that millions of comedians have used. She just used bad thing. I'm not defending it, but I thought it was fucking funny because the woman actually does it's look like Dr. Roseanne Barr. Watch her first Tonight Show yep. appearance. I yep. tell guys to suck my dick that don't think I'm feminine. Yeah. So. They, but they tried to ruin her fucking life. Why is it? Over a joke. I know, but why Why is it? Because it's clearly motivated through money. Well, no. it's it's Well, that was political. I thought that was a political hit job. 
Yeah. Do you know what's happened well, with this French Canadian comedian, Mike Ward? Yeah, I heard He's about it. He's been sued. They got him for over $200,000. Yeah. And a joke that was made about a disabled young man. Yeah. That was funny and also and a special that was what I was told seven years earlier. Well, they, they dug up this thing. Like they, they go on your fucking comedian worth Google. Okay, this guy's worth. We'll do a backlog of his entire career, circle something. Get the lawyers in, nail that down, and now we go to attack. It's a fucking witch hunt. It's, it's scummy. I have nothing, so they'll have nothing. <laughs> yeah, but that's funny. You can't get blood from a stone. But Yeah, but, I got Metallica shirts. Yeah, you can have You them. can have my, half of my Metallica collection. <laughs> but I just, you know what the thing is? But yeah, but it's like, you know, um, you know, I was talking with Joe Rogan one time about the, you know, because he's the UFC guy, and he said, like, sometimes, like, people come out to challenge him. Like, like, like they fucking want to try to, like... Test them and stuff. Physically and mentally, I'm sure. Well, no, but like physically, because Joe's like the real fucking deal. The guy's a Taekwondo champion. The guy works out. I mean, he fucking takes jujitsu. He's the real fucking deal. Yeah. And that's why he's so good at that. Yeah. But then he goes, then people go, yeah, he's fucking got mine. Let me try to see if I can't provoke him to come after me. And yeah. so, say but ignorant I'm, but I'm, shit. But I'm sure, you know, every, like, you know, that's why some of these people get famous. They kind of like withdraw from like the public. I well not because yeah, it's combative all well, the time. Well, they don't put themselves in positions where they could get in trouble. They ha they can't be. You can't be alone with. You always got to have people around you that can verify. It. And because you never know. I mean, people are mentally fucking ill today. I mean, really. Yeah. I, I mean, you see, it's yeah. like really prevalent. Epidemic. I just wrote a book called "The Sociopath Who Lives Next Door," uh -huh. and they talk about all these like borderline personalities. Oh, they approved who, my lease for next door, by the way. What's, yeah, what's they want? <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, you got all these undiagnosed. Mentally ill people walk around in society, and uh, and 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 you just and so, and then boom, timing's right, and you just kind of happen to interact with this person who's have a manic episode or something, and you know you can wind up on the business end of a fucking handgun or or a knife. Or See, a lot of people don't know that, and they take these 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 cross these lines, and I'm. And I, I, it's, I think well, maybe you know, we're the just talking about, it was just talking about how tough it is to get to where you want to get in this business. Mm. And it's incredibly a lot of work. I mean, I've slept in my fucking car and rest areas in Missoula, Montana, because yeah. I've been driving for fucking 18 hours. I had to pull off, get some sleep and it was snowing yeah. and I, I had to fucking put the heater on. I mean, but all Rick. those, and, and there's a, there's like uh, thousands of stories like that where you just, you know, and so how incredibly difficult it is. To, and then someone comes along and goes, yeah, I'm going to take half that. Oh I'm, yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, just yeah, a yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. comedian, and I love what I do. And yeah. you, you don't, you don't get to run me out of the business. You don't get to decide. Well, oh, Schubert's an old white guy. We're gonna, we're not gonna give him work anymore. You don't get to decide that. No, that's no, my decision. Yes, and fuck you. Who yeah. do you think you are? Thank you. You know what I mean? Thank Who the you. Fuck, do you think you are? Exactly. Who the fuck do these people think you are? Yeah, that they are. I mean, it, it this really, is what happens when you take bullying at a school. That's what happens when what? When you take bullying out of school. What happens? You get these people with a false sense of confidence because they've never been attacked well, physically. Well, yeah, that's, that's true. Someone just, You're making I, a I just, fist. You know what's great? I just saw this video that was on TMZ about Andy Dick getting punched in the face. <laughs> and dude, what time? Uh, uh, it's on my Twitter feed, at Jimmy Schubert. But it's like, but it goes, scroll down. And this dude. Recently? Yeah. It was like this past week. Oh. Last week, fucking clocks him, bro. It was fucking brutal. 
Like the guy did said, he, he had to get hit the ground. What's that? Did Andy? Oh yeah, the, 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 the guy, the guy to be. He goes, oh. I had to make sure Andy Dick was okay before reposting this. Yeah. And I've met Andy Dick a couple times, and he is an obnoxious <laughs> fucking asshole. And so I was going, I, I couldn't. Hey, st- when he's sober, he's he's fun. No, yeah, when yeah, but but when he's not, and so he yeah. was outside this bar somewhere. I think I, I don't even remember. Uh, this he must have been a fucking ass because this dude fucking clocks him, knocks him it's out, video? fucking cold. Yeah. Is well, there... when when we take a break from this, I'll show it to you. Yeah. You won't be able to stop watching. Holy I mean, shit! Andy weighs seventy pounds. Yeah, it's vicious. Well, then, but <laughs> I'm, but he won't be a fucking asshole anymore, will he? I don't know. No, because here's the thing. Only people who've never been punched in the face walk around with that fucking attitude. Yes. You know, I've been a lot of fucking fist fights growing up. <laughs> and only pe- someone who's never been punched in the face. That's where they get this ridiculous confidence on social media. You know, they, totally. they, that keyboard that, carries because you, if you wouldn't say it to my face, you shouldn't be able to say it online. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've gone up to a couple of people who yeah. question my character. Yeah. Like, you don't, you, don't know, you don't know anything more about me than my fucking name. Yeah. And you're making all these judgments. And the problem is you're projecting that shit onto my life. Yeah. You have no idea who the fuck I am. You yeah. don't know how much. I'll fuck burn I'm your doing. house down. You don't know how much fucking, yeah, proving your point. But you don't, but you don't, <laughs> you, know, you know, how much fucking the charity work you do. Where you dedicate your services to help raise money for great causes, or how I carry or, myself during the day with the general public, or or the fact that you know you uh, I de- donate my time to fly overseas and entertain the military in war zone. Fuck, fuck you, people! How dare oh. you fucking judge me? What the fuck do you do? If you had to sit down with a pad and a paper and go through every charity gig you've ever done through your entire career and look at the balance of how much money you've been part of contributing to charitable cause not that charity makes you a better person because a lot of guys will in, in especially high level celebrities will use charities to use it for other uh, things like fucking kids well well no but I, I mean you know first off if you're able and lucky enough to be able to make a living doing something you love to do then at some point I think you should give back yeah. and you should be able to uh, donate your services to help some of these charitable causes but I, I, I do my research I'm not just gonna, I'm not fucking doing you know I, I mean I'm as every long, random yeah because event. you do the, you do the check on them like some of these charities have like a five star rating or a four star rating the one with the highest rating is the Jimmy Valvano Foundation because uh, it's all run by ex-coaches and players who are mm-hmm. extremely wealthy. So I think 11% goes to administrative costs. Yes. Where if you get to some of these other charities, that, that it's, like, it's like 75, 60, yeah. 60 yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, you know what, fuck UNICEF. You. I mean, like, you know, the NFL's a non-profit, but, and they sell these pink shit during the month of October, and I think they give 3% of it to fucking charities. Like, fuck you. That's now I've got to look at pink uniforms for 3% of something that will end up a half a percent the time it hits the sidewalk. Yeah, so so that so that's what I'm saying. But uh, you know, on a side note, but I, yeah, exactly. Well, some look, some people do do that. Look, I think it's great that that, that, that people use it for that. But uh, but also, you know, you still got to be able to make a living. But I mean, you know, people just I, I find that you know what it is. It's like people projecting their shit onto your life. It's like they're miserable fucks. They they they, they do nothing. They don't even know where to start to make their lives better. Yeah, exactly. And look, you, you look one. Hey, you know, and, and a lot of these work people, on yourself. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, work on yourself. Go look in the fucking mirror and figure out what you got to do <laughs> to make you make the world look. You know, make, make make shit better for yourself. But no, it's just easier to sit there on your couch eating your Hagen Dazs, drinking your Coca Cola, and your Pizza Hut, working on your type two diabetes while you text your vote in off because some fucking douchebag could dance with a star while you fucking judge me online. And I go, you know what? And, and, and it's really funny because it's always 
always those people. It's always the fucking douchebags are the first ones to lo- yell the loudest and start fucking shit. I mean, I was talking to my web guy. He said, "There's." He goes, "The funny thing is, there's people out there who have like, like they have like forty Twitter accounts." And they sit in their fucking basement. Yeah, the shell game they're playing. Yeah, yeah they play the shell game, and they sit there and they try to, and they look for shit to get angry about because they have no fucking life. Yeah, now, laptop re- tapping on the desk. I read this great story. This is a great story. You'll love this. This woman uh, got engaged, and she was just kind of like she uh, went over a fiance's house, and, and he left his computer over, and she goes on his computer, and she sees he left all these fucking shitty fucking comments on people's stuff, uh, like horrible fucking yeah, yeah, comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, what are you doing? What is, what is this? Oh, he goes, oh, it just makes me feel better. He goes, well, don't do that. She goes, you can't. She goes, this is disgusting. This yeah. is what you do? Yeah. She goes, if you, I guess I can't. I don't know you. I can't get married to a guy like that. Yeah. He goes, all right, I'll stop doing it. And she came over and again, and again, she saw her. And she goes, you know what? You're a fucking asshole. She gave him his rim back and walked the fuck out. Yeah. You know? I mean, the thing is, look. You have to work on yourself every fucking day. I, not just that's just everybody, man. You know, you have to fucking unlearn how to do shit that people didn't know what the fuck they were. The people There's that no playbook you. for this. No, there isn't. You know, just and sometimes just living Example. your life. You know, man. I, I mean, you know, and everybody gets caught up in this. I, you know, people walking around staring at their fucking phones, and that's not what made the human race great. The thing that made the human race great is the ability to make eye contact and discuss ideas and concepts. Looking out to and, the universe and, and connect with people. <laughs> connect with humans. You want to make a difference? Go feed some homeless people. Go visit sick kids in the hospital and read from, from a nursery rhyme, or go fucking yeah. go to an old age home and talk to these old people about their life and about their stories. And this is like the World War II generation, the greatest generation of the shit these people been through. Make a that that would first off that would make their fucking whole year that you you thought enough of them to do that number one and that would be something that was fucking amazing oh that you because did. we've had it done you know I'm, I don't want to speak for you but I've been in situations where somebody just took a minute to do something gesture towards me and Absolutely. that carried me through the whole year dude let me tell you something I fuck- I heard a great story sir about you and Bobby Lee. Buying him a sandwich. He was old. Well, he was sleeping in his uh, yeah. car for like three days. And I was like, and I and I just happened to go by the comedy store, and I, I happened to be flush at the time. I happened to be flush with cash, and he was like, "Fuck me, I haven't eaten in three days." And I go, "Well, what the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> he goes, "I fucking don't have." I go, "Well, come on, man, let's go get fucking." And we went down to fucking. I, I took him down to the the, the hamburger joint. Bobby Lee, and I got him. I love Bobby. Yeah, I love and Bobby. I, and, and I got him. I got him a big. I got get a fucking cheeseburger. Get a fucking hamburger. Get a yeah. fucking milkshake. Get Whatever the fuck you want, yeah. it's on me. And I think we got a couple things to go. I said, get some food to go. He said, what yeah. you fuck? But I've done that for not only Bobby, but I've done that for a lot. Bobby's been vocal about it, and I yeah. appreciate it because. Uh, but I didn't do it for that reason. No, of course I not. Did, I did it because and the reason he's probably brings it up uh, as often is because he, it was an honest, genuine thing. It was absolutely an honest thing, yeah. and I would have done that for fucking anybody, oh. especially comedians, because I've been that fucking guy. Oh. I slept in. I've the fucking, had thirty-seven I slept on the roof of, comedians on my on, couches. I slept on the fucking roof of the comedy store. Yeah. I fucking I didn't have anywhere to go. I was in a motorcycle accident. I got fucking. I was homeless, and I had to go up to Crest Hill and sleep in that back fucking place. I mean, I fucking. I had fucking pins hanging out of my fucking leg, and it was on crutches, and I didn't know what the fuck I was gonna do. Yeah, and I really wanted to run home, and I really wanted to run home and let my family take care of me. But I thought that if <sighs> I ever had a fucking test in my life, this was it. And so I doubled down and I hobbled around and Mitzi Shore paid for my second operation, which was able to get the wow. bone graft off my hip. And I love Mitzi for that. Uh, but I saw her at the very end of it. Yeah, she wasn't when, the same lady. 
11 years ago. I remember seeing her yeah, at the store, and I walked into that door, and she was sitting there. I almost shit my pants. Yeah, no, Mitzi, she was just, she had a great laugh. She was a funny lady. She was hilarious. And I, I love her for giving me a chance because, because she gave me an opportunity to, uh, it changed my life. Oh, for it cha- sure. It changed I my fucking she life. She made and, a lot of people millionaires. Oh, dude. She, and, everybody. And, going and, on, and that's why everybody has a great affection for Robin and, and David Letterman and, and, and everybody. Yeah. Dice. Everybody loved Mitzi. I mean, Mitzi could be... Jim Carrey was the catalyst for my whole thing. Yeah. You got to spend some time with Jim at the I tail did. end of it? Well, no. I, I actually hung out with Jim at the comedy store. But Jim and... But I mean, he... Because like, he loved Kinnis. Him and Kinnis. Oh, they were buddies back in the day. Yeah. You know? Wow. And I hung out with Jim when he was filming Ace Ventura down in Miami because I lived down there and he invited me to the trailer. He let wow. me listen to some of the music they were going to play in the movie. And, uh, but he was, uh, no, like, so incredibly fucking talented. I mean, this guy would get standing ovations every fucking night. And then he stopped doing it and yeah. he went to fucking acting classes. And then I think I don't know maybe it was like a four year hiatus or a five and then he came back. He did that duck uh, duck factory. <laughs> yeah, a- but that was in the very beginning. I heard that was a disaster. Yeah, but but um, so I think like all that stuff, and then he he went to um, acting classes, and I think he did like Johnny Squares that that, that Clint Eastwood movie Deadpool. Yeah, he, he played the Axl Rose part of it, right? Rock star. But, but, but he came back. And, like, he was just doing this avant-garde shit. I watched him one night fucking throw himself into the piano and just fucking lay there for the rest of the fucking night. And people were like, they kept looking over. It was, like, the funniest thing because he just fucking, he just committed. Jim's commitment. Yes. I mean, I, I, I loved. And that's where I learned it from. Because when I commit to a bit, I commit to a bit. But Jim Carrey just fucking, it was, he was, a, it was amazing. Just, I'm but glad. He was also, but he was also, like, a you know, that was a different time period. It, you know, you were able to hang out and talk to these guys. And, and you know, once you were in a clique, like, comics don't really like generally like you don't just come out here and make friends with everybody no, no you gotta earn that stuff and, and at that time like i had passed all the the, the tests and so what everybody would see you were working at the comedy store you were also a stand-up comedian and so you were kind of in the in in the group but jim years yeah in the making yeah and so jim was great to watch him i mean uh, that guy was amazing you know arsenio hall was fucking great at the time and dice and sam and it was just like an education unto itself because yeah. you could watch and there were also some shitty other there were some other shitty comics there and you can learn a lot from them about what not to do. Well, Mike it's, McDonald was also around. Mike McDonald is one of the funniest motherfuckers I have ever hung out with off stage. Yeah. Was it you telling me about when he, the guy was dying? Sam was oh, dying? That's, oh, no. Please. No, here's the, this is the story. Uh, Mike, back then, and, and he, he later got clean and was, was very clean. Yeah, he was a heroin addict. He was a heroin addict. But back then, I think that, you know, and Sam was kind of a big stuff, so they were hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mike was shooting heroin, and I think uh, he was going to turn Sam on to it. <laughs> and so, and so I guess Sam had a curiosity about sure. it. Sure. You know, and so he wanted to get shot up by somebody who knew what the fuck they were doing, so my, uh, uh, enter Mike McDonald. And he, Sam told me the story, and Mike McDonald told me the same fucking okay, story. So okay, so I know it's fucking true. Yeah, and so he, sh- <laughs> so he shoots uh, Sam Kinison up, and Sam goes, "I got that like initial rush, and I just realized I started like I was going to get sick." 
But before, I, like, I felt the nausea, like you get from and, the euphoria and, of and it. Because I leaned forward, and Mike McDonald grabbed me by the lapels and went, "The devil said one more soul, and I get mine back." And he pushed him away, and then Sam turned to the side, went, <laughs> <laughs> and fucking puked all over the fuck, <laughs> and fucking threw up. And and I holy shit. I, I, and I mean, just as he started to get high, and Kirsten thought that was so funny and so dark, and yeah. it was. But I've hung out with Mike McDonald. And man, see, I never saw that. I saw sober Christian Mike. Yeah, well, I I saw sober Christian Mike as well. But I, but still, funny. Yeah, yeah, funny yeah. dude. Like at Montreal, I I would always like go to hang out with him because he had he. I would laugh nonstop. Yeah, like for all. Like I, I mean, laugh like I just like hardcore laughing. Yeah. you know. And so, God rest <laughs> his soul. I love Mike McDonald. He was truly yeah. was a special guy. And so was so was Sam. I mean, a lot. Of, so I think people misinterpret Sam. I think Sam gets a bad fucking rap. I mean, Sam grew up Christian, and and then when he became famous, he all those things that he didn't do growing up. Like you know, for me, repressed. Like, they they it, the, those like that's why I say like you know, I've talked to some people in recovery. And like people who became successful, and you go, I go, I go, look, if you got nothing going, fuck on. I understand that you're fucking getting high and do good, good you know. But uh, but if you got everything going, he goes, no, he goes, fuck, he goes, sure, it's the exact opposite. Now you have money, now you have means. You got to be double vigilant because you know one fucking slip and you're back to where you were and you fucked up your career. Those you, lows are real low. Well, of a drug addict. Yeah, when so you slip. It, well, yeah, because of the, it's a it's a disease that doesn't just because you stop doing it, it's still there. Yeah, and then when you slip, it's a big fucking slip. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know, it's you've seen the ice capades. Now see, Freudian slips on ice. <laughs> you know, you fucking you, you know. So it's a, uh, but a lot of that, um, and you know, and, and it's prevalent. It was it was a lot more prevalent then. I mean, a lot of comics are in recovery now. It's just because you you're fucking hanging out in a club every night. They give you fucking free booze. There's always some fucking dope deal around. So I'm just glad I outgrew all that yeah. stuff. I, I, I mean, dude, I, 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 I just can't do it anymore. I, first of all, I don't like myself when I do it. I like who I am in everyday life. I don't I don't like that stuff. And I'm not giving my fucking hard earned money to a fucking uh, criminal. I fucking no. Drug, you know? And you're, you're embedded and, in the comedy. So much that it's counterproductive, and you know, and you know, and you know the thing is, people around here fucking comedians love to talk shit about other fucking comics. Oh yeah, rats we call them. Yeah, the fucking rats. rats. They're fucking rats because they got nothing going on in their life, and they think if they fucking yeah. they think if they fucking cut you off at the knee, it's going to fucking elevate them. When the, really the thing is, you you know, you're a champion when you fucking pick somebody up. The Bobby Lee story. Sure. You know, you put Bobby up on your you you know you, you fucking help. And somebody. that wasn't a bad investment. <clears throat> Bobby did all right. Bobby's no. done great. Yeah, right? he's done great. Absolutely. Right. And plus, he's a fuck. Bob, Bob, Bobby's, you know, I know Bobby for fucking 20 fucking years at the yeah. comedy store. I'm family. Not gonna, I'm not going to let fucking that happen to anybody I fucking know. Of. I, I, mean, I can't tell you. A friend of mine was sleeping in his car behind the fucking oyster house next to the dumpster. I said, no, you're not. You're going to get in your car. You're going to drive over to my house. And you're going to sleep on my couch. You'll sleep here tonight. You'll sleep here tomorrow night. And you'll sleep here as long as you need to until you get on your fucking feet mm. and you get your shit going. And you're going to get your head out of your ass and stop feeling sorry for yourself yeah. and get in here, man. Yeah. And you feed people. I fucking feed people all the fucking time. Come on, my, yeah, come on, come in my house. I'll make you, you know, make a fucking nice dinner. I mean, that, that's biblical shit. You know? Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll like, cause I like cooking too. And uh, when I'm in the, uh, you know, a condo with a kitchen and the other comics, the younger comics, I'll start cooking food, and they're just kind of, 
You better not be putting any poison. They're very suspect that I'm doing Betty Crocker shit. Who wants muffins? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what the thing is? I find it to be therapeutic myself. Yeah. I like the food prep. I like fucking, I like measuring everything out and putting it in the fucking thing, get the, everything diced and chopped so it's all laid out on the fucking table. So then when you fire up the fucking saucepans and it's a construction site. Yeah. And 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 it's it's something and I think they should fucking teach it in schools. I think that's why we have a fucking childhood obesity epidemic. guys who don't know how to fucking cook their own meals. Dude, it's fucking pathetic. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it's fucking embarrassing. But you know in the grocery store they're like, what do I get? I don't do you not do any of this? What do you do? How did you fucking how did you I was a child. Yeah. But, well, first like off, eighty percent, eighty percent of how you feel is what you put in exactly. your, your face. Control 80, the intake. Yeah, and here's an industry like you know that we've completely turned over to fucking strangers. You're yes. going, oh, well, and, and who the fuck knows what kind of shit they're using? Cutting corners, using chicken that's been, you know, is it fucking real chicken? Is it fucking rat chicken? Is it a fucking kitty cat that wandered behind a Chinese restaurant <sighs> that you that you're using on the fucking chicken gum, the meow oh. meow gung pow? Um, is, is this, this chicken a dog collar? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Whiskers, Mr. Whiskers, you're delicious. There's a dog collar of my chicken gung pow. Uh, fuck, you know, so. Hey, this is my dog, Ricky. Yeah. He's gone. Uh, sit. Stay. Mm. Stay down. <laughs> Stay. So, so, yeah, so it's like, you know, so I, 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 just, I just find it to be therapeutic. And, you know, and was there a turning? Point, not that there's, because this is like you said, everyday work on yourself. Yeah, I now, was you know, there because there was. I'm a voracious reader. I read all the time. I I, I listen to me. I don't watch television hardly yeah. at all unless I'm renting a movie on iTunes. I'm watching sure. a movie, or maybe I'll put maybe once in the blue, I'll put it in. Like if I'm in a hotel room, I may have something on. But I really find it to be counterproductive. Oh, I, for sure. I, I, that's why they call it programming. You're sitting there. I think it makes your brain stem soft. I mean, you watch a lot of these reality shows. You go, oh, that's what happens when Roe versus Wade. Uh, intersects with the democratically controlled school system, you get the cast of this reality show. Mm. And I just think it's fucking ridiculous. I, I, I think that you're justifying these behaviors. And nobody fucking behaves like that. People go, I'm going to act a fool. I want to, you know, it's like, hey, you know what? You're a fucking idiot. Someone's going to punch you in the face. There's bad role models out there. There's a, in comedy, yeah, and they pipe it into one. your fucking living room. Yeah. And, and your kids watch it. I, you know, but TV's dying anyway. I mean, you know, I was reading an article that said that they, they don't, you know, it's interesting. This is, All the money's been vacuumed out of it over the last 10 years. Oh, yeah, because they, because the, the, you know, the SAG mismanaged their relationship with AFTRA and then they, they had to merge unions because AFTRA fucked everybody. I mean, there's no more residuals. You have to, you got to work harder than an ugly stripper just to get enough money to make, get your insurance. Yeah. You know, and I, I do a lot of, I've done a lot of acting over the years. I just fucking, saved my ass lots of times but you know I went to see the movie The Post they had Meryl Streep Tom Hanks and Bradley Whitford on this panel and so you watch the movie then you do a Q&A and Bradley Whitford's going yeah he goes I gotta work twice as hard for half the money now because everything's these streaming contracts and so uh. it's like, well the, the, you know technology is fucking destroying everything it really is. I mean, you know, first off, a lot of kids don't watch TV. Uh, if you're between, let's say, 16 and uh, 26, you probably watch 40 to 60 hours of fucking online videos. If you're, uh, say, 27 to 36, you probably watch about half that. And the people that that, that, that are older that watch about a, a, a probably about a little less than that. But nobody's really watching TV anymore. No. I mean, there's 500 stations and there's nothing no. fucking on. And it, and it really is. It's just a. It's 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 it's, it's 
It's programming. I actually cut my fucking cable. I said, get this fucking thing out of my oh, house. I haven't had any of that shit. Yeah, because it, 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 Forever. it, it, it it's, it's poisoned. Because it, also, again, diet, not just what you eat, diet's what you intake. Sure. You know, I, I'd rather Company listen. You keep. I, I listen to books on tape constantly. If I'm not reading them, listen to books on tape. I watch fucking magic DVDs because I still am active in, in, mm-hmm. in that society. I'm learning all the time. And, and if I, I'd love to tackle off, I'd go out, oh, how do you make this? And I fucking read the directions. I go get the ingredients and I make it and I feed myself. I go, this is fucking great. And I do it three fucking times till I get it down. And you've cut all the, I, I can see you've cut a lot of the distractions and bullshit out of your life. Yeah. Amputated. Well, you know what? Eliminate the distractions, heighten the focus. Yeah. You know? And so. Um, Does that mean I'm going to die alone? It doesn't make a difference. We're all going <laughs> to die alone. We're all going to die alone. I'm, I'm going to get a job as a bus driver so I can take some people with me. That's a, that's awesome. I want to go in my sleep, not kicking and screaming like everybody in Jason Rouse's bus as it went over the, as it went over the, the fucking cliff. Oh. <laughs> No. Can you imagine? No, but I, I mean, you know, look, it's, you know, I'm, we're, we're, we're older guys now. I've gotten all the craziness out of my system. I, I, you know, like you said, I, I, I try to be as kind as I can to people. You know, I'm not one of these fucking dudes. I, I think my friends' wins are my wins. I root for my friends to succeed. I always do because, I, I you know, uh, you know, I had a friend of mine, that, I'm not going to say his name, but he slept on my couch for like a fucking year. And I fed him and I would go on the road. I would make sure he had plenty of food. I gave him my keys. Yeah. I said, listen, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. And because I knew he was going to, now he's, he runs, he show runs probably like the Mental Samurai with Rob Lowe, Shazam, yeah. and some of these other shows. And he's a tremendously successful guy that lives in a million, multi-million dollar house at the top of Topanga Canyon mm. with a, with a view on his backyard that sure. looks like you're in Tuscany, you know, in, in Italy. And, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, another win for me. Yeah. I, I, I look, I love my friends. I, I want them to succeed. Their successes don't diminish my life. And I think that's what successful people do. And I, I you know, and I, I, I think it's my attitude more or less than anything else that's allowed me to be able to make a living in this business for 30 years because I see the walls at the comedy stores are littered with guys who are no longer relevant or not able to make a living or look have I had the kind of success that I that I was craving no but let me tell you something I'm wealthy I'm wealthy with my friends I'm wealthy with my family I've had a day job in over two decades. Yeah. So, yeah. And the last time I worked a day job is when I was under 25. And so it's been, a, it's been a, yeah, it's been a, it's been about, uh, yeah, it's been about two and a half decades for me as well. So, but that's fine. But I love what I do also. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a bitter, jaded fuck. You got some big, Dates coming up in fucking East oh, Africa. Yeah, well, enough. Well, this is how crazy well, this business our is. Our mutual friend, yeah. <laughs> uh, Russell Peters, who was I was a judge on Last Comic Standing, and Russell was so kind to me on that show. But Russell was so I went kind, to three of the tapings. Yeah, but Russell was so kind to everybody. Yeah. on that show, he's a, he's genuinely one of the best fucking people in the world. He's so kind. He helps so many fucking comedians. He he and he's got one of the best attitudes in the world, and you can see it in him. You go, that's why that guy's fucking successful. Yeah, he works his ass off. He is genuinely one of the nicest fucking guys. And, you know, and as all those people, most of them, you know. Canadians? But, is that where you're Well, getting? Canadians. No, well, they're, they're, <laughs> but uh, no, but yeah. So I'm doing, he called me uh, actually last night. He asked me, he goes, hey, do you want to go? Uh, I'm working with him in Vegas on September 1st yeah. at the, the Pearl Auditorium up there at the, the Palm, which is uh, great. And how then, many seats is that? I, I don't. 10,000? I, I, I don't know, but I'm walk, what I'm walking into. But I've done those rooms with Kennison, you know, so yeah, it's not yeah, going to yeah. freak me out. But then he calls me yesterday and says, hey, 
Got some dates open in October. We're doing. We're going to India. You think in Wisconsin? We're going. We're going Boston. <laughs> yeah, no. we're going to India, Africa, uh, the uh, east part. Yeah, we're going to Nigeria and yeah. we're going to Kuwait. And I was like, shit, yeah. yeah. I mean, what a life experience. Yeah, what a life experience. I, I, and and not not to mention, but I've been to China. I've been to Hong Kong and Singapore, Macau, uh, Suzhou, Wuxi, Shanghai. Mm. Uh, also, uh, you know, also through Germany, uh, uh, you know, Munich, all the way over to the Netherlands, Brussels. I did that with the Armed Forces Entertainment and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And I've been all through the, 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 uh, the you know, Acapulco, Mexico, and and uh, it's Cuba awesome. I love that. That's one yeah. of my favorite parts. Yeah, is but the that, travel. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Man. It's just you know why? Because it's an education unto itself, and nobody can ever take that away from you. Yeah. And it's funny because I could talk to anybody from around the country or around the world. Go, oh yeah, you heard of this that restaurant tonight? Oh yeah. I mean, it's like they can't corner think. specific. <clears throat> oh, pizza. Uh, blah, yeah, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. But it's right. It's one thing to read about in a book. Mm. And it's one of the things I grew up in Philadelphia. Like we were reading about history and about the Liberty Bell and the, and the you know and the Declaration of Independence. And in Philadelphia, you could actually go down and touch that stuff and see that stuff yeah. and go, "Wow, this is fucking real history." And I've always been fascinated by history, and I've always been fascinated by travel. And it's just when when you have uh, that stuff, that once you once you kind of go there, it just opens you up to a whole nother level. And it's like, you know, my, my passport cover says, uh, I am a citizen of the world. And you, you feel that uh, way because, you know, it's like people that criticize the United States go, hey, America sucks. I go, that's only because you've never been outside of the country. Oh, totally. You would, get down, you would get down and kiss the fucking ground you walk. And I've seen, you've seen like fucking poverty and, and like, like we don't even like. Hundred year old poverty. Yeah. America's poverty scale is 31%. 31 times higher than the global level. Like, like we don't even kick in like, like until like at the 31% point, like people that are poor in this country are not like globally poor. No, that's the thing though. Okay. Listen, sunset Boulevard with the homelessness and all that, the drug problem, downtown Los Angeles, that's scary. But when you go to some places where it's been like that for generations, that's another machete in the yeah, back of the head the, yeah well you know the funny thing is all that stuff like you know dude oh i'm in mexico city by the way in november uh, oh, <laughs> so yeah but you know what's funny is you see um yeah it, it, dude that video you sent the other day about the guy smoking crack and the guy was blowing the fucking smoke and the other dudes i was like what blowing the? it is asshole yeah i was like what the fuck those are my neighbors that dude that's my life. Dude, that was my life coach. <laughs> <laughs> guy uses a whistle. Hey, I don't think your car keys are in there, Larry. That guy fucking pulls open it. That guy's a license plate fell out and an old tire. He goes, would you eat a shark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird. It's a video of uh, two homeless guys smoking rock. Yeah, but it, you, know what, you know where that stuff comes from, dude? That's all fucking childhood trauma shit. Oh, for sure. It's, it's all childhood trauma. I, work, I talked to this woman. She was a clinical psychiatrist, and she said... Um, that everything that you can track back to American culture is, is tracked back to some kind of childhood trauma, whether it was a divorce, whether it was uh, the mother leaving, whether it was the father leaving, whether she goes, it's just all tracks back to that. Yeah. People not feeling whether people being neglected, abused physically, emotionally. Uh, you know, she said a child that does not have the love of its mother. And I granted, I'm sure there are fucking, you know, probably a hundred examples of people who've overcome that stuff because they did the work. Some people most- don't have the luxury of being self-aware enough to even, 
know where to start. Well, she said, she said, I work with people. She goes, it's really a life sentence because you yeah. are destined to have drug problems, alcohol problems, and be poor for the rest of your fucking life because that shit affects people more than anything. I mean, that's what you really want to address. I mean, you want to fix the fucking gun violence in America. Fucking start with your Poverty. fucking children. Start with, yeah. well, yeah, but, but, well, not, 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 but just mental health fucking is. Stop yeah. fucking causing trauma to these kids. I mean, how many fucking people, you know, get divorced and the mother uses the kids as a, like a weapon and divorce and you're not fucking hurting that fucking guy over there you're hurting your fucking kids yeah you're turning them into fucking like you know it's like monster all, yeah monsters what my old man said is he goes jimmy he's probably more than anything my dad was a homicide detective worked for philadelphia for many years and he said he goes it's the first five years of a person's life jim and i said what do you mean he goes well if they're born into a loving, caring, nurturing environment, they, they turn out to be reasonably well-adjusted people, but if they're not, if they're if they're born into, like, alcohol and drug abuse families, Trauma. they suffer physical and mental neglect, he goes, they, they, they turn into sociopaths. I mean, they, they, they come up and shoot you in the face just as soon as they say hi to you. They have no fucking love. They don't know what love is. They have nothing to compare it to, and so they don't, there's no, there's no thing there, and I go, you want to fix the problems in the, in, in, in the world? Start there. Love your fucking children yeah. make sure that you know i don't I mean i don't mean go get them a fucking new ipad i'm not talking about throw money at it i'm talking about love your fucking children yeah you make sure and my, my, my brother said one of the coolest things to me he said um he goes the best things i the best thing i could do for my children is love their mother he goes because then that they will know that they are loved, and that will instill stability, com and confidence. That will, that will still stability and confidence sure. in my children. And I thought that was like such a great thing to say. But my brother's also in recovery, so he does the big work up top. But not always. But he, he came to the aware of that, that that these are his kids were the three of the thing. Their mom and my three kids are the things I love most in the world. And I got sidetracked, and I almost fucked that up. And he goes, I'm glad I caught myself and, and, and figured it out. And so, so my brother Bobby's like really one of the smartest dudes spiritually, and not only that, but he's just a. Is he the oldest? Yeah, he's the oldest, but he's just. Where are you on the? Uh, oh, I'm right in the middle. I'm Mr. Shit Whiskers. I, ah. I got caught. I was right. I, I got the last of the hand me downs before they bought new for the other three. Just enough to be out of fashion. That's all right, though. But you know what? <laughs> Roller skate. Hey, this is like, great. This is this fucking short sleeve lime green leisure shoot will come back in style yeah. any fucking minute now. Hey, what's this L? Oh, it says Laverne. <laughs> yeah, get hand-me-downs. I'm just glad I didn't have an older brother that was a Siamese twins. Those hand-me-downs would have sucked. Mom, I got a sleeve coming out of the middle of my chest. Just wrap it around your neck and tell people it's a scarf, okay? <laughs> yeah. I wear socks for mittens. Yeah, so it's you know it's this life is a fucking journey. I don't judge people. I try to encourage people. I think it's you know it's it's easy nowadays to get to get downtrodden and be like people make fun of me because I'm always I would I would describe myself as being belligerently optimistic. And, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, uh, um, so. That's but I, contagious, though. Yeah, but, and that's what I do. I share my contagion contagious with people, and and like I, I go, the guys working on this, and I know somebody else is doing this. So you bring those two people together, and that makes a connection that sparks. Like yeah. uh, my buddy Steve Simone, who handles like the 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 mental health stuff. And Steve's Steve, great, dude. He's like Mother Teresa. If I call him Mother Teresa, the comedy store. How but, has he survived with that disposition in the comedy store, dude? I yeah, because it's Sweet, no, because because you funny, can't you can't crush you can't crush that. 
I know, not, but the eat. people go the way to crush that in this town. Yeah, but and that, he's weathered the well, storm. He's yeah, but he's weathered. Believe me, it, it takes its toll. And sure, I, I've had conversations. Yeah, but Steve goes out of his way to help fucking oh, poor yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he really is. But my other friend Brenda, who works with mental health thing, is aware because Steve said he goes, "I don't you don't even know how do you know if someone's not talking to you if they have a mental health? How do you think you know?" And like I said, comedians do all this other work to help people raise money for all their causes. Who helps the fucking you know? I know, no so, union, no. So, so they they got I brought I, I introduced them I said this will be work and he goes ah oh, Shuby this was fucking great this is gonna help out and 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 she's an entrepreneur herself and she you know but the, the money he raises for like fucking families that are struggling and kids yeah. that have diseases I mean and, and the sick kids that are in wheelchairs he's a fucking sweetheart of a human being see I'd rather be that guy because that guy's making a fucking difference in the world sure and he's a, like an inspiration funny he, and fucking F- dude funny fucking. Hilarious Funny. and clean, like <laughs> yeah, like, I know. like what's going to happen? Steve's going to fucking just blow up one day. Yeah, but he's just he is really genuinely one of the nicest fucking people on the planet, and and, and I fucking love him because he's from Philly. He took me. He's in, a Philly guy. Yeah, well, he's like outside Philly, but he took me to John's roast pork in Philadelphia, Bronco. You're fucking. I never even heard of his joint. Most delicious sandwich, roast pork sandwich. I heard. You've never heard that, of a place? Yeah, in Philly. I know that's freaking. I'm I'm embarrassed. Fucking take my card away. <laughs> and then he takes me to this Italian bakery that I also didn't know. I was like you're fucking him. Like it was great. He's in deep. Yeah, he's in deep, bro. He's in trash, but he loves Philly, and and he's just a. He's He's just a great guy. But, you know, you form those relationships with people. That's the funny thing. You get the, you know, the people, comedy is not as big as people think it is, and everybody knows each other. And, and so you, I just, after our friend Brody uh, took, took his life, yeah. It's Holy t- shit. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm more aware of it now, so I'm always, like, going out of my way to make sure people are okay. Because I talked to Brody fucking that Wednesday night, like, fucking, you know, because a bunch of people said, and the thing that really pissed me off was a bunch of people had said negative shit about his special at the comedy store, and this guy's not even a comedian. Or what. And I go, like, I, I want to fucking hunt those people down and go, are you fucking you, happy now? You stole something from us. Yeah. Are you fucking happy now? Are you fucking happy now? You know, so, but you know, he, you know, Brody was one of a kind and, and who knows, wow. but, but, but anyway, it just, it just makes me more aware of that stuff. And I just enjoy it. Yeah. Well, enjoy apple cider vinegar. <laughs> Jason and, Rouse. Yeah. But one of a kind human being and uh, gone way too early, but uh, especially around, the, I always go out of my way to like, you know, even like guys that are just starting out new guys and, you know, and I think that the thing that that really kind of, you know, share your time, share your things with people because you never know how the fuck that affects them. Like you said, something that kept me going for fucking the the, the, the littlest fucking kindest gestures keep yeah. you going for fucking months. Yeah. They keep you in the business when you're getting ready to fucking quit. Yeah. When you're fucking laying in a fetal position underneath your end table with a callus on the roof of your mouth from a loaded revolver <laughs> and someone does something fucking kind for you. Yeah. It keeps you going for another yeah. month. And I think really, I, I think especially with all the social media stuff, I think the next big revolution that's going to go on is a spiritual revolution where people come back and actually connect as human beings. Because if we lose the that, planet. if we lose that, we're done. You know, yeah. if we lose that humanness, and we all suffer from the same condition. At the end of the day, we all want the same things. We want to be loved. We want to be respected. We want to have friends. We don't want people, you know. And so, and that's it. And we'll be right back after these commercial <laughs> messages. <laughs> this is uh, this has been great. 
Ah, dude, you're awesome, bro. You're Love the best. All you're right, the man. best. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. What do you got coming up? Uh, Africa, fucking. Yeah, I'm doing the, those stories, but I'm also. Vegas uh, is. I'm doing, I got a couple corporate things, and my buddy, got, buddy's getting married in September, so I'm going out to his wedding. Nice. I got a, cor- a crack up for cancer. It's in Tampa uh-huh. at, a, at a big arena down there. So people can go to my website and get that information. So if you're in Tampa and you want to raise money for a good cause, that's it. I'm also doing a corporate gig at, at the end of the, on the 28th, and then I'm off with Russell to uh, India. And, and, I'm jealous. And and, and, I, and I'm doing Vegas uh, for Brad in November. Brad Garrett's yeah. place at the MGM. Yeah, people just go to jimmyshubert.com. You can find me on social media at Twitter, Jimmy Schubert. And if they want to see my stand-up comedy, you can go to jimmyshubert.com and my new hour special yeah, is available yes. for download. So uh, people can check that out. But uh, And my safe word is cheeseburger. <laughs> Mine's hairy onion. Hairy onion? Yeah. Uh, mine is uh, Leather Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being on the show, Jimmy. Mine is Harry Moss Bucket. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack. <laughs> Boom. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, man. Hey, you want to grab some lunch? You want to grab lunch? Yeah. Awesome. I was going to, I could make us breakfast, but you know what? Let's no, let's go out. Yeah, there's a little place down the street, Italian joint. Let's do it. Okay, I'm going to take my neighbor with us. I don't care what society thinks, good or nothing anyway.